Welcome to Probably Science. I'm your host, one of three, in fact. I'm Jesse Case. I'm Andy Wood. And I'm Matt Kirshen, calling from this it's rainy, rainy LA afternoon. Oh, is oh, it's it? already started there? Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, we're all in different places right now, yeah. I guess. We are. Um, why, why are you saying damn it, Andy? Were you hoping I, to... Well, I'm driving back from the desert as soon as we stop recording, and part of why I was leaving now is to... I thought I was going to beat the... I thought it was going to be like 48 hours straight of this torrential rain. I thought I was going to beat it if I leave in two hours, but I will not. Uh, no, no, you, you, you're, you're hitting it. Damn it. Mm. I prefer yeah, it, beating it in the rain. <laughs> is, have you heard that people are saying like, what's the atmospheric river? I don't know what that means besides water from the sky, but have you heard that? In, in I have not heard that phrase. That does sound like someone just not remembering the yeah, word rain. It, that's one of those blood hunter moon <laughs> things where we're just making shit up. That's not. There's no atmospheric river. Um, oh no! A, well, a powerful well, California atmospheric river is storm incoming. Let's well, let's introduce. Uh, yeah, something we didn't make up is having a guest today. Yes. Yeah. We, we do. Uh, someone someone who's no stranger to rain on account of living in England. Yes. How's that for a smooth link? Ooh, it, it, that was so, flawless. Someone someone I know for youngs back from when she did stand up, but also writer, frequent contributor to Viz. Uh, which is one of the greatest magazines of all time, yeah. and also writer for the New Humanist magazine, and now author of the book Ashes to Admin under the pseudonym Evie King, but real name, Christina Martin. Hey, Christina. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So, yeah, you've gone through various different guises since I've met you, from stand-up slash comedy yeah. writer to... Cannot settle. <laughs> yeah. Kind okay, so let's... the book was under the book's under a pseudonym then. Yes. Um, okay, so a little bone to pick. Not with you, Christina. You're wonderful, but with, <laughs> That's the, fine. with the, I, no one else told me it was under a pseudonym. Oh. So I have spent the whole time thinking that we'd be discussing a book called Learning Sales Law, which I. <laughs> Uh, did not know. We uh, can talk about that. I'm up for that. that first good. of all, it's two hundred fifty-four dollars, so I will not. I can't buy the other Christina's book, but I, I, um, I won't be buying it. But it looks good. It's good reviews. But I was wondering uh, why. I'm like, why are we doing this science? Okay, we're really, we're really out of guess. We she, honestly, she's straight up like most of the sales laws law writers you me. Uh, really dry but christina really brings some levity <laughs> I would bring to, it to life you know <laughs> yeah make it funny <laughs> yeah absolutely um what else do we have here we have uh, sacred springs holy wells in great britain was that you yes um i get a lot of her tweets um i also oh, okay okay <laughs> i also a get a heads <laughs> i get a lot of um tweets for christina martin the canadian singer as well and i have to reroute her praise from her fans to her and just say this is for you and at her in. So she started following me back just easier. Well, <laughs> to pick so, up her mail. <laughs> so, yeah, so on, on her book, Sacred Springs, which is about um, the sacred springs, the uh, the healing holy wells of the British Isles. Yes. Um, oh, so kind of water springs, not sort of right. like boing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, these aren't. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's the uh, next like, book. Yeah, um, holy whirly gigs and sacred springs. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, someone that may maybe has tweeted at you bounce um, closer on, to God. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> some, it's the bouncy castle in the sky. It's uh, 
uh, C.H. Cooper says that's a great starter book for anyone wanting a comprehensive tour of the subject. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh. I, that's Which, again, not, not your book, but it makes you wonder if this is a starter book, how many other <laughs> Sacred Springs... <laughs> Yeah, you got to go in <laughs> at that level before you can handle the rest. You can really deep dive. These are literal springs, right? You can get into. These are springs of water. In, We're going to ask you about all the other Christina Martins. people you don't know. <laughs> you, you do know. have to know about all the other Christina Martins because yeah. there are a few. There was Miss discuss, Wheelchair Florida. <laughs> We're going to discuss Coldplay. We're going to talk Chris Martin. We're going to yes. do... <laughs> do all I mean, of as, them. as somebody who also has... I mean, there I will never top anything. There are so many Andy Woods ahead of me, including the late lead singer of Mother Love Bone. I don't know if you know that early grunge band. Or now there's an Andy Wood shredding guitarist on on Instagram who's got like hundreds of thousands of followers. Nice. He can beat living people. Nice. <laughs> I've had sort of a, a, somewhat of a Twitter agreement with the other Jesse cases that we, there, there's like seven of us, you know, um, on, on Twitter that have, dis, that have talked to each other. Not so much a group <laughs> chat, but we have decided that we will not deny anyone else's work. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just take credit yeah. for says, all of Good it. job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because uh, one of them's like a producer sort of in Chicago. One of them's like a rapper in Sacramento. And it's like, <laughs> let's just make people think that, like, we're just these crazy artists Poly- that do Polymath. all these things. Yeah. 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 Like not? the Power Rangers when they put their hands together and become one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't the one guy in jail now where he died? The Pink Ranger? One of the Rangers? I think is... someone died. One of them died. Uh, one a Ranger died. recently... Uh, Went to the yeah. jail in the sky, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So you did not write about Sacred Springs. What's, uh, what's, what's your book? What's going on? No, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> My book is all about... Um, they're called um, Section 46 Funerals, which isn't very exciting. They're sort of um, welfare-assisted funerals for people who don't have anyone to do a funeral for them, or if their family do um, still you know, uh, have any connection to them, they don't have any money to do a funeral for their family member. So the council step in and uh, take over the arrangements. So it's all about that job and basically the stories that come out of it because it's, it's full of stories, obviously, because it's full of people's lives. And yeah. uh, it's an interesting line of work. So every time I sort of various sort of wedding receptions and parties, whenever anyone asks the cliche question, what do you do? Um, and I would tell them, they'd all go, oh, you should write a book about that. Uh, so I did. <laughs> yeah, because there was cash in on that then. <laughs> no, not, there was not also... cashing in, but you know, sure. people yeah. want it. Well, there was people also want... an episode of a uh, of a Radio Four show that I just checked is still available online. That was yes, following you tracking down um, basically the life of someone who died with no loved ones who came forward. Yeah, yeah. So I had two episodes of that. One for an unidentified person. Um, who was found on the beach and one for someone who died in a care home during COVID. And uh, so there were two different, very different cases, but yeah, very representative of of the so, job. Uh, so Section 46 is of the public health, and I guess that's the Control of Diseases Act yeah, of 1984. It's, that's correct. That's very well guessed. Um, <laughs> yes, I just absolutely, uh, it's just, crazy that I just pulled that yeah, out. Yeah, how did you do that? Um, yeah, it's a sort of uncomfortable bit of legislation for me because um, whenever anyone comes to us for this assistance, um, they're coming to an environmental health department, which is a strange sort of 
place to, right. to put it because that's sort of the department that usually deals with bad smells, drainage, and and all things that annoy people like rats and infestations. And and so to to place someone's death in oh that's now a problem for public health. That's a threat to to the, the public good because there's a body that's not being dealt with. But um, we try and raise it above that, you know, and make it a proper funeral with a proper service. But it is sort of always uncomfortable to me that it's in environmental health um the same way that but yeah you saw like just down the corridor from the bin men you know yeah because like the bin men when there's a, a an animal run over and is getting in the way on the middle of the street they go out to collect the animal and it's just so, sort of awkward to think that down the hall there's the similar but not similar obviously i'm not drawing any parallel but it's just the feeling of like that part of the job is making sure someone's body is taken care of because it's not being taken care of and um yeah but but that kind of is what your department and then turn into your book is all about is it's like taking these sort of anonymous deaths and turning them into actual exactly stories and people so that they're not just uh someone that comes across your desk and you you do the the bare minimum yeah. So who does come in then if if these are anonymous if if um if there's no you know a survivors or a will or something then who yes. uh, who would come in and and just say here's a body Ah uh, yes like, so um the coroner is one of my okay, main people um care home uh, managers very frequently Okay. And um, hospitals, but not in my district, because I don't have any hospitals in my district, but hospitals would be coming to the councils where they, they are situated, because it's, it's where you die, not where you lived. So that's why if right. someone jumps off Beachy Head in Eastbourne, it's Eastbourne's responsibility, even if they drove down from Sheffield. Um, right. And so um, it's literally where you where you die. So I've had people what a die weird in their rule. car, you know? Yeah. So someone's driven in and died in their car. So it's a coroner or like someone from Toyota. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's just it comes someone in and they're like, we need a. Who needs help? How do we do, do, we do a Toyota thon funeral within this budget? <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, and also, there will be families because it's sometimes to do with lack of funds so it will be a yeah. literal family member which is obviously the more much more challenging um conversation well, well even just the the waiting room it's like they're they're all sad but then the guy next to them just has a bee problem with bees yeah yeah you know you know uh, all human life in. is here <laughs> <laughs> right. it's the from everything from the the mundane to the uh, to the absolute and and the the most important but it's it's quite an interesting job from top to bottom even if you're just dealing with the everyday because the everyday complaints can be ridiculous and and very interesting too i've had to say to people before you know i i'm sorry i I can't compel your neighbor to change their curtains the people that phone and what they think we can do to to tell their neighbors off for them so i've got all these different things on my desk from the sublime to the ridiculous you know yeah because you have you've bounced around a few different government yeah Department, so in your time, I have in my time, I've been in the health department and was luckily out of that by the time COVID hit. I've been in the office of fair trading, I've been in DCMS, the culture media sport, I've been in charity and in private sector and in public sector and local government. I've been everywhere. I can't settle on anything, as we discussed earlier with stand up writing. (laughs) I just, yeah, bounce around. 
there's a vibe though, right? I mean, to if you want to say like uh, stand up writing, doing. I mean, there's a uh, wanting to help out vibe. There's a through line. There's a getting yeah, involved. There's right. being interested in people, I guess. Being interested in yeah. the world and wanting to see what's going on and talk about it. <laughs> Sure, sure. But I mean, it sounds like you've settled on, I, I think that happens to lots of uh, comedians is they wind up just sort of settling on service work of some kind. Yeah, I think um, where Because that's not, that's not to make over, uh, stand-up sound over important. It's the other way, actually, where yeah. they're like, oh, this satisfies the same itch. Yeah, exactly. I, you know. I, without the complication of having to travel loads of places and stand in the back and wait three hours before you go on and <laughs> yeah and actual money not drink tickets yeah, or so, whatever. you know yeah but people yeah. going it's good stage time it's stage time you know i'm giving you publicity here so right and it, it's uh it's anecdotes snacking up and we all love anecdotes you know and stories well, after, and, after you spend two years like arranging council funerals for free then maybe we can move you up <laughs> we to can give you a <laughs> better account we can throw you a few better bodies <laughs> uh than maybe to you could be on the bill with like a uh, Caitlin Doughty. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Paying paying for funerals with exposure though, is a great. Uh... Yeah, you you were saying just before recording your your books listed in the same. Uh, your book shows up in the same categories as Caitlin. Yeah. Was... Uh, if you haven't listened to her episode, that was I don't know what four years ago. Way longer than that. It, it was like ten more. years ago. <laughs> it might have been almost Yeah, ten. so much time has gone by with none of us realizing. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, oh, that was seven years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. You know? That's insane. No, she's great. And yeah, it was really nice to see my book on the same web page, like the same category. That was a real moment. What, so oh, what and also category? on Stuart Lee's books of, recommended books of yeah, the year. Yeah, he did his oh, newsletter. That's cool. Yeah, he did his newsletter this week, and um, I woke up and saw it in my inbox and was bleary-eyed reading it, and then just saw he said his best book he'd read in 2022 was mine. Uh, so that was amazing, amazing boost. Because oh, he's wow. a that's great. real hero of mine, and he gave me a nice quote for the front cover as well. He said oh, he laughed cool. and he That's cried, awesome. which is, he said it's a cliche, but I did laugh and I did cry. And I realized I wasted my life. <laughs> well, so, we can I, all agree that Stuart has wasted his life. But <laughs> I think, I think yeah. at least on that, we can all come we together. We can put quotes around that now. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as the details of what you do, though, like how often do you end up having a funeral for no one? And what does that look like? Luckily, I haven't yet had to do a funeral unattended um, because okay. even when I had an unidentified person um, I got 110 people along because more what? so for her, for that person well, than you anyone. start with bringers Andy that's how you start you do bringers and then <laughs> yeah, yeah you have to bring up to my friends <laughs> right 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 yeah and then eventually you sort of do Edinburgh you, you do a daily minimum. funeral like 30 times <laughs> yeah. you get a full handler you got to make your own flyers it's a nightmare it man. is you have to stand outside waving at people passes by but for <laughs> no, that the person... amateur funeral circuit is not to be envied I, I is, it's hard work I'm uh, I've taken I've taken the bit too far I agree <laughs> I agree with Andy's question that is fascinating but no um, Wait, but... for her more so than anyone but I think because no one had an identity for her everyone could sort of put their own story on her and come with their own issues and their own you know things to resolve and so they they came just because she wasn't known and she had nobody i think that spoke to everyone's 3 a.m fear of having nobody um whereas people gave people spoke yeah everyone wanted to do their own little home written eulogy there were some really nice things that people had written 
and wanted to say and uh, flowers were stacking up on the side of the grave and it was a real wow. moment actually I think it was more you know for the people that were there than anything yeah right. uh, but but the ones where there are names are, are li- less interesting to people because that means you know Joan for example or Fred doesn't hold the same allure and you can't put your own story on them but for those people if I've got a name I can usually find some people to come um, whether it's oh, through Facebook good. groups local or um, just ringing around looking in little notebooks phone numbers Sometimes you'll end up phoning the plumber who did their house two years ago, and they'll be like, what? <laughs> and sometimes you'll phone someone and they'll start crying. It's just a real, like, lottery. Wow. You pick up the phone and go through the phone. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. And do people, um, when there is a, a sort of a funeral with no... I, oh, so there is a name. There's an identity. You were saying, yeah. Or, or is this when you're talking? It's it was completely. You didn't even know who it was. The, the unidentified for, person. We didn't know anything. Age. But did anything. did you have did you have a cause of death? Nope. Completely oh wow. Just wow. a mystery. Um. So. Wow. He died of anonymity. <laughs> yeah, I just um found on the beach. So. Well, I would I would assume if you didn't have an age or what, well I know in the states yeah anyway they automatically do an autopsy yeah. I so was this the, an an older? It had been there a while, or washed up, or the, yeah. The coroner did an autopsy, but not much could be gained wow. from that. Yeah, sorry to get too grisly. I no, just no. that's yeah. The, it's the, fascinating to the, not have anything but a gender. That's yeah, fascinating to me. The front was completely degraded because of the water and being wow. faced down in the sea for so long. So it was yeah. just a, you can't tell much. I think at that point about what happened, and even if yeah. I think they said there may have been a fall from a height, but even then you're thinking well it, it could have could have been pushed off or jumped or right who know or the, or just been bashed about because you, you walk along the beach sometimes around here and there will be like animals that have washed up sheep entire sheep so the sea what? can do all sorts of things and move things and and people can come from far away people can come from across the channel on the stream so it's hard to say once someone's been lying in the sea for a while where they came from and what happened yeah that's crazy to think of all the possibilities that could yeah, have been. yeah it is and it sort of boggles the mind a bit because uh, everyone had their own personal theories i think as well a lot of people well, the, came the, there thinking the, she killed herself and they'd had their own suicide ideations and yeah not to degrade any of this but i find the sheep far more mysterious it what, is what, isn't it what, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> what do you mean sheep wash up i was walking along the beach doing I, um, i've seen people in the ocean before so i can put that together yes but like <laughs> sheep don't swim <laughs> what do you mean there's a sheep washing up what are, you, I, what are you talking about i was um walking along the beach during lockdown filming a, you wrote the wrong book is what you did i <laughs> <laughs> Way more number one bestseller. You'd be in a mansion right now if I you know. wrote the sheet book. I think about baby book too, because I am being asked about what I want to write next. <laughs> but I was, yeah, I was filming a video for a friend, like uh, when I was walking along the beach, and I suddenly went, "Wait a minute, what's this?" And in real time, they saw me walking towards something and my face falling. I thought, I don't know what I thought at first, but. It was huge, and it was on its back, and its legs, all four legs, were up in the air, like straight up. And um, I was like, it's a sheep, and it's completely intact. It's not injured, it's just there, like it's fallen from the sky. It was really odd. But we do sometimes have that, like just a sheep will be on the beach, and you don't know what it's done. It's probably wandered off a cliff, 
over in Beachy Head but, and floated down and been pushed by the tide. But legs legs straight up in the air. So it was really odd. It, it was very <laughs> yeah. Blair Witchy. The pose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe because of the, the salt or something. You rarely find such an intact sheep wreck. There it is. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. You find all sorts of things by the sea. It's an interesting place yeah. to live. Yeah. I was going to segue. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Matt. No, I was going to. I was going to get into the question that we always ask yes, our guests. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which, which is because yeah, because I also know of you you from back in the day writing for things like New Humanist and mm. things like that. But um, what what is your background in science? And that's ranged from classes people liked or hated to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends to anything. I think my only background is being a biological organism. Because um. It's really that's solid though. That puts you ahead of most I'm of here. my guests. Yeah, I'm, so I'm biological. Um, yeah, because I was I was really I loved the subject, but school made it so boring. My my teachers were very bad. Uh, not to blame completely them, but I was probably wasn't great myself as a pupil. But um, they didn't make it seem interesting, which is amazing really, because it's very interesting, and they somehow made it very dry. So I didn't pay much attention in science, and then just went straight off into humanities, English, and all that, and drama. So my only background is trying to ape George's marvelous medicine as a kid and mix loads of things in the kitchen, and just being being made of biology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. That, like, I think every kid goes through a phase of thinking that they can make some kind of yes. potion or chemicals. Yes. <laughs> or just assume that if you get the right combination of shampoos, then you'll get an explosion. Exactly. Some simple household items I can make magic with. <laughs> it's, re- it's easy to see how, like, before the scientific method and stuff, how, like, alchemy really was attractive like you could yeah. get paid to try to do that to just muck about yeah yeah to just mix shit together and <laughs> hope you can make gold or you're like why wouldn't that work yeah it's complete just little kid brain uh we we know now but it occurs to me like yeah yeah, yeah. just go for it now we know what you actually get is just sort of gray shampoo mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and mom like- being annoyed <laughs> yeah, because it was the expensive. Stuff. Was all, well, I mean, that was also before you, shampoo. Your potion. You know, before mm. even shampoo. Oh, oh yeah. What did they what do? They Can doing? you imagine? That makes me want to Just, like rub dirt on their head or something, and then uh, dark ages indeed. Yeah, so, was it was it Newton who was surprisingly into alchemy in his later years, or somebody else? A lot of people that you you'd think were very smart were super into alchemy. <laughs> I, I, um, because I recently, I, I can't name names. I should, I should come correct here, but I recently read this weird, um, article on it because of like sort of the alchemist version of the Holy Grail, like what they're always looking for. And it's this element that doesn't exist, but it like turns anything to gold. So that's what they were always trying mm-hmm. to create or what is it called? There's people screaming at their dashboard right now. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're asking what the thing that could do it was called that they were looking for? Yeah, yeah. The Philosopher's Stone? Is that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Magnum up. Opus, which comes from great work. Um, magnum Opus is an alchemical term for the process of working with the Prima Materia, um, the, which is called the First Matter, which is the thing that does not exist, to create the Philosopher's Stone. Um, Which is a material that can turn base metals into gold. Yes, and that's what they were all trying to do. Oh. Um, I mean, as long as that 
predates the understanding of the periodic table, which I get. I, now I got to figure that out. Like, because it's not crazy if you don't know that gold is. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I totally get it. Like how how pre like there's a great chance I would have fallen into alchemy. If I was, oh, yeah. oh, you would have, you would have gone way. I know, into man. It. I would have had weird. I would have done all sorts of weird shit. You guys know me. Oh, that's in fact. In fact, to be honest, it's only Wikipedia that's probably kept you away from it today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and the, sort of the taboo like, of it. Like I, I'm. It's like get, being too into steampunk or something. Like I can't be seen as a guy that's into no. alchemy. This you is know, cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. You could, you could kind of like the aesthetic a bit. Yeah. You, know? you could allude to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is why I just did the shampoo thing. Just just flirt yeah, with it. Just yeah. <laughs> but don't get too into it. So Mendeleev, oh, this is 1800s. Okay, so I mean, yeah, it's. I guess it's reasonable in Newton's time. You could have thought that gold was a compound and not an element and therefore was some combination of other elemental metals. Right, right? of course, of course. Yeah, trying to give him some credit, but I forgot if that was also because of some kind of like lead poisoning or something else that made him crazy later in life i think it was actually mercury or mercury point that makes yeah uh yeah he's supposedly he's thought to have large amounts of mercury in his system who someone i remember a teacher telling me it was because he liked pink the color pink and the only pink paint available was mercury based but i don't know whether that's yeah. true wait, wait well, I, this, I, this is the first i'm hearing of any of this isaac <laughs> newton sir sir isaac newton um Sir Isaac Newton did. Why'd they think he had a bunch of mercury? Nearly, was he like turning blue or something or silver? Or? He he sort of he went a little bit off the rails later in life, as mm. uh, and mercury is known to do that. That's where the concept of the Mad Hatter comes from as well, because ah. they used mercury to in the process of shining up hats. Oh. In, in hat or just making hat the makers, felt more moldable, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, so hat makers like, used. Yeah, I just view uh, hat makers use mercury. I've always viewed the Mad Hatter as what would happen to any person that lived in that world. Like there's, it's just like talking cards walking around and shit. Like you're, you're not going to be normal. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, that's a good point. Like, there's a there's a cat in the tree that's like on mushrooms. I, I okay, sure. Yeah, in many ways, he's the only sane yeah. one. Like everyone else is just acting like it's yeah. normal. Yeah, His response it's, is the most logical. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna go a little wonky at your tea party. Like settled. Like you don't have to call him mad. You know, <laughs> it's environmental, right? <laughs> it's, and by the way, doing a quick Google, it might be that uh, Newton was bipolar. I'm not sure. I just put a link to an article about this. Oh, it's, it says uh, he was into the Hermetic tradition. He was one of the Hermetic scientists. So alchemy. So uh, Jen Baptiste Van Helmont, Robert Boyle, Isaac Newton. Those are the the fam- super famous ones. Her- hermetic, as in they were hermits. No, hermetic is from the god Hermes. That's the messenger god, right? Yeah, it's to refer to the religio-philosophical system propounded by a specific subgroup of hermetic writings known as philosophical hermetica. And th- all that shit gets really into alchemy. They all got really into alchemy. Oh, and oh. oh, here we go with the occultists. Oh, I'm all in now. This is great. Any s- <laughs> this is your new obsession? No, no, it's just um, the, the crossover between actual science and um, occult stuff in like the Middle Ages fascinates me, you know? Yeah. 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 Any any rune, I'm gonna go. What's going on with that? 
<laughs> you know? What's up with that railing? Uh, with Jesse yeah, Case. Yeah. Yeah. My classic late night show. Um, <laughs> wow. Very interesting. So um, we've, we've never seen gold, uh, uh, something else transmute. We've never seen transmutation, you know? We've never seen it. Yeah. Not even, no one's ever seen it. Not even Neanderthals. They've never seen it. I, I, you, it sounds like you're segueing towards something. <laughs> no, no, no segue. No, as, as opposed no, 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 to no segue, no segue. I'm just because I was going to say that we we cut, we have, but only in in nuclear processes. It is possible to turn things into gold. Oh, that's a good point. And turn elements into other things, but it, it involves a lot breaking or combining elements and in a in a nuclear fashion. Hmm. And At gold being level. atomic number seventy nine, it would be extremely hard. It would be very hard to make gold in any way from anything, particularly from Spielberg can do it. In Box fact, office gold, baby. You guys see that uh, <laughs> in the uh, hermetic directing tradition? Um, yeah, well, I was trying anything, to segue. I'm anything sorry. bigger than anything bigger than iron had to come from supernovae, I believe, right? Yeah, because that's the that's the that's the point at which things will stop fusing. Well, anything in a star. Uh, pretty much. I'm pretty sure anything bigger than like lithium comes from supernovae for the most part. No, lithium's like three or four on the table, right? Yeah, but pretty much stars are st- stars until they supernova. Are mostly, I'm, I could be full of shit here, but I'm pretty sure they're they're nearly all hydrogen and helium, and nearly all of the fusion in stars is just turning hydrogen into helium. I think it's just smaller, like stars like ours. Yes, but I'm pretty sure that you don't get to supernova until everything's turned to iron, and that's the that's the breaking point. I think I've talked about this before, but because I just learned this recently. That anything, any atom smaller than iron, which is number 26, uh, it's a net gain of energy for it to fuse. Any atom bigger than iron, more than 26 protons, it's a net gain of energy to break apart. So you're never going to have fusion of things smaller than iron. You're only going to have fusion of things smaller than iron. You're only going to have fission of things bigger than iron. Um, yes, as, as in that- like any two, like you combine, you mash two hydrogens together and the helium that results weighs a little bit less uh, because a little bit of energy slash mass was lost in those two fusing. And the same thing, like uranium, plutonium, that breaks apart into two smaller things, and those two things weigh a little bit less than the thing that started as one because some energy is lost in the fission, some energy slash mass, and that the midpoint of that is iron. So I think the star will keep getting denser and denser and denser and fusing into bigger things. Once it gets to iron, it's not a gain of energy for it to fuse anymore. So then it just does something insane that I don't quite understand and, and collapses and explodes because it's just... I feel, I, feel uh, like, uh, I feel like I'm co-writing a song with Moby. <laughs> we are all made of stars. It's true. It's I just mean, way too detailed. Moby's like, okay, like I don't know how we can rhyme all that. Um, it's very literal. You know, <laughs> we are all made to stop. I mean, it's corny. Like when that song came out, I thought it was the corniest thing, but it's like yeah. literally, literally. True. No, I know, but it's one of those things where someone tried to explain it to him like that, but it like blew his mind. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he just went, he's so we're all made of simplified stars. it, you know, in the in a. Tw- and he's like, "Fetch me my soup. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I have to get this out. You vegan chef, I've hired. Fetch me my synth. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, that restaurant, I think, is closed down. The one that's um, just on Hyperion. Well, or not Hyperion, Ro- Rowena. The uh, the Moby restaurant. Yeah. There well, was a Moby just, restaurant? What? Oh, of course there was a, there yeah, were several there were. Moby restaurants, but you can't just tell people that you you dated Natalie Portman and expect your restaurant to stay open. Everybody knows that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody knows that. 
<laughs> when was the Natalie Portman era? Was that at his peak? When she, nah, no, no, no. Peak. no. Well, it was all a hindsight. Uh, like, oh, she she claims they never dated, yeah. right? She's she's like, first right. of all, I yeah. was fucking twelve, and secondly, <laughs> right. like, no, <laughs> like he, and and so then the big question is: Is he a creepy guy? Is he a pathological liar? Or is he so? you know, Moby-ish that he thought they dated because they like hugged once and he's kind of right. one of those guys. We're all connected now. Yeah. We're all made yeah, of stars. We're yeah. stars. Right. Technically we're, yeah, married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of things out in the stars, yeah, though, nobody, uh, nobody has seen Moby's dick. Uh, the last <laughs> time anyone saw that object was years and years ago, but earth got you guys. Earth is about to see an object last seen. During the time of Neanderthals, oh, it's pretty crazy, huh? Uh. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, if you look up into the sky over the next few months, and you're bound to, probably even accidentally, you'll do it once sure. or twice. Uh, you can see an object last seen when Neanderthals walked the Earth um, on March second, twenty twenty-two. Astronomers at the Zwicky Transient Facility. Uh, that's Zwicky Transient Facility, one of my favorite Zwicky transient facilities. Transient. They yeah. discovered a comet using a wide field survey camera. The comet is estimated to complete an orbit of the sun once every 50,000 years. Meaning the last time we saw the comet was in the upper Paleolithic period when humans began to expand throughout Asia and Europe. The comet, dubbed a tongue-rolling C2022E3ZTF, is currently too dim to be seen without a telescope. Uh, however, stupid comet. Yeah, I know, I know. And also, you know, why is it named that? Like, you know what I mean? What is this? Elon Musk's Tongue kid? Rolling. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Yes. Whatever happened to, whatever happened to Haley, you know, <laughs> Hale Bob. Right. Yeah. Simple. Something that starts with Hale. Yeah. You yeah. used to have comets you could trust. Yeah. You used to have comets you could form a death cult around. Not this is too complicated. You can't get anyone in your, in your suicide cult with this kind of name. No. And no one's going to buy white New Balance shoes because no, of this thing. No, no, this won't sell any shoes. That's the first thing I look for in a comet. Is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, was that the shoes they all had to go to sleep in? I don't know. Uh, well, wasn't that part of the Hale-Bopp death cult? Was like that we're all wearing white sneakers to bed and then we take our poison yeah. pudding? I don't know. I've watched those video. I've watched the goodbye videos, and that's some crazy-eyed shit. Um, yeah. Do you ever watch? They're on YouTube. Oh, they are. What? Yeah, YouTube is just loaded with uh, cult goodbye videos if you search them. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why. They still have ads, oh, which really? is weird. But, but like, so you're just watching this insane, like, like, um, all right, guys, I love you. I'll see you guys on Nebula 9 or, you know, oh, and they're no. just like crazy eyed. And then it's like an Arby's ad. It's like, we've got the meats. And then it's back to. We're going to have the tongue rolling ones soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I just googled Hale-Bopp shoes and sneakerheads are collecting the Nikes that the Hale-Bopp cult people wore. What kind of shoes were they? I just linked to it. They were they were Nikes. They weren't white New Balance. Maybe I'm confusing um <laughs> is it like white supremacist shoes with uh, death death cult shoes. Was, so easily you know, done. Yeah, thin yeah. line though, buddy. Thin line. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. You know? Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the, the comment. No, no, I'm just saying that many a death cult is also white supremacist. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Um, yes. So it's currently too dim to be seen without a telescope. Uh, this this comet, this C2022E3ZTF. However, it may be possible to see with the naked eye sometime at the end of January 
in beginning of February 2023. The comet's currently on its approach to perihelion. Uh, that's its closest approach to the sun, is what that word means, perihelion, which will occur on January 12th. It'll be closest to Earth, known as at perigee. Uh, that's on February 1st. And around this point, it may be visible to the naked eye, Though, Sky at Night uh, pointed out, it would likely look like a smudge of chalk dust on a chalkboard rather than the dazzling display put on by Comet Neowise. Mm. Was Neowise the so one? So this is something that the ancients would, would not have noticed yeah, at all. Yeah, but they noticed Well, you're, you're assuming Neanderthals didn't have telescopes there, Matt. And that's uh, where I think, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. you know. That's very weird. Well, no, but I'm, I'm just also thinking questions. that the lights of their cities just would have qu- made it too hard to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Absolutely. The the comet first believed to be an asteroid before the coma was observed was discovered using a telescope that at 1.2 meters is around the size of Hervé Velachez, who played evil henchman (laughs) Nicknack in James Bond. Why why did this amazing unit of measurement? Uh, Yep, that's one Hervé (laughs) Velachez. I'm going to measure everything Wait, by on. that now. That's real. That's real. That's, I'm I wasn't the reading the article. Is that yeah, genuinely in, the in there? Yes. That's I'd not like a to ge- bake a cake a using that, that method and just have like one hand <laughs> of his is for flour. <laughs> one eight hundredth of a Hervey of um, baking powder? Eighth yeah. of him would be an egg. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> that's just such a, that's the craziest left turn I've ever seen in an article. <laughs> Uh, like if I hadn't been looking at the article, I'd have been like, dude, "Oh, Jeff this is just... all off the rail." I think this has got to be. Is this auto translated from something? Okay, I'm looking at the comments. Chat GPT. No, I'm, I'm looking at the comments, right? As I always do, yeah. and some people are calling out the unit of measurement. They're like, "That's insane," you know. Uh, but the first comment, the most popular, rather. Very assumed time to share with family and especially the young ones. This is a once in many, many lifetimes to not enjoy the universe we live in. Hopefully a clear night out on the grass, spending time with our loved ones, enjoying life. Oh, my comment made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, here, H- HV built a failed community for little people back in the 80s. If you were under a certain height, you got to live in a condo for free. They were called the Stay Free Mini Pads. <laughs> so... <laughs> I gotta say, if you ask me what stay free mini pads are, I would not have guessed accommodation for little people. <laughs> Wait, I think it, it is. It's got to be a joke, a back, right? It's a it's a backronym for uh, feminine hygiene. Product. Right, it's got to be a, a joke. Yeah. 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 Oh, Christopher coming in hot in 2023. Yeah, but these people have good. <laughs> This is hilarious. Wait, Christopher wrote that on December 31st, 2022. He's like, I'm wrapping up the year. <laughs> listen, with this listen to this one. Maxi pad joke. How is the guy that played in a James Bond movie relevant? What a way to ruin a good article. I have no idea who the guy is. And I've never even seen one James Bond movie. I have no desire to. I'd rate this article a three out of 10 just because of the last paragraph. It made the article sound stupid. Username, not a Bond fan. <laughs> <laughs> Good info, but you brought up my least favorite franchise, my friend. But now you've based your username around it, so. Mm. Well, sucked in. Yeah, it's like don't think of a pink yeah. elephant. It's just you can't. Now not I know. am just... not a Bond fan forever. That's how I define myself. So uh, it, just... this this comet is going to safely pass Earth at about forty four million kilometers, or thirty six thousand six hundred and sixty seven million Hervé Villachez's away. <laughs> 
I just want to talk to the uh, James Felton. We got to get James Felton on the podcast. And Senior staff writer James Felton. I, is it one of those things where he wanted to? Is it like the brown M and M's in the Van Halen writer, where he's just testing you to see if you got this far into the writer? Yeah. Or and also, this is on the website IFL Science, which again, if anyone does know what those letters stand <sighs> yeah. for, somebody we... someday has to explain the mystery of those letters. Yeah. All right. Well. But thank you, Justin Broad. Inter- for yes, thank you, Justin. Very interesting. Um, well, very interesting. I have, I have a story. Oh, oh. let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Hang on. There's, uh, there's, there's a couple of little possibilities, but um, it feels like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about scientists reversing erectile dysfunction in pigs. Oh yes. yeah, no. Obviously, Using this has been the, the talk of the town around here. Everyone's been talking about it. Yeah, because uh, pigs, as we all know, have curly penises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pigs, pigs, pigs and ducks, right? Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of different versions of the story that I found, but I'm going to go with the one on sciencealert.com. Sure. They've successfully restored the erection function in figs with penis injuries using artificial tissue. Okay. They was, we were, yeah, we were surprised by the results in animal experiments where the penis regained normal erection immediately, says tissue engineer Shuito Shi from uh, South China University of Technology. Almost half of all humans with penises experience some form of erectile dysfunction between the ages of 40 and 70. Some of those experience Peyronie's disease, where scar tissue from past injuries can cause pain and disruption in function. This is usually treated by grafting tissues from other parts of the patient's body into the penis to replace the the damaged area. But our immune system are good at rejecting insertions of biological materials, and even successful grafts can lead to problems like penis shortening because of differences between tissue types. I don't know how the penis shortening works. Is it just like, oh, you accidentally used your little finger, or <laughs> I don't know, but I would imagine that or nose. Uh, well, I, I would, I would imagine the ratio of of pig dick injuries is. I mean, they're so short. It's probably constant. You're you got to be every day banging your dick on something. <laughs> Wait, oh, so like sh- the, oh, I thought you, the, the pigs are short, not the dicks. Right, the oh, pigs. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, also, why grim. would that? Yes, the, yes. No, okay. the pigs. The, the pigs uh, are very. Okay. What, what I'm saying is the animal. Is the short. animal is short. It's and 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 stuck to the ground, you know, and very. So you think there'd right. be a certain amount of dragging going? Drag on well, no, yes. no, I don't think it's uh, like that. Like when you drive too fast over a speed bump <laughs> and your chassis kind of gets scraped. Right. Yes. I just think I just think it would be more prone to injury. I'm not saying that they're like dragging their dicks around or something. Uh, I don't know how right. big a, a, a hog hog cock is. Hog hog or hog hog? Yeah, <laughs> a double hog, a hog squared. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so I'll give that a Google. You guys keep reading this. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Where, or you where do you stand it? on? Where, where do you guys stand on the which what, where way four-legged animals should wear trousers debate? Oh. Which way for falling and you, what? You see, you you've seen the diagrams of like what, how would how should a dog or how should a horse wear trousers? Back. Where it's like, do they go over the back two legs, or do they go over all four legs up to halfway? Oh, got it. Got it's it. difficult because in in oh. in some representations they'd be standing up because they're being animated to look like a human. That's why they're wearing clothes, like in Donald Duck's case. But if they're doing what they're normally doing, right. if they're on all fours like their normal uh, stance, then it should really be the way we would do it: all all legs, 
or bottom half. I think yeah. so because if because I think you start with the shoes and like where would shoes go? And I think you would on put everything. Shoes on yeah, why would you leave feet. off any shoes? Yeah, you wouldn't have like gloves on the front ones. So that's yeah. I'm 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 on team yeah. Christina on this one. Where do you guys? So I'm sorry. You're saying all four legs and then halfway up the um the torso. All four legs to halfway to halfway up the leg or, or halfway up the torso. Halfway up the torso, okay. just like like where the waist yeah. would be. Or just covering the back two legs and cutting off halfway, and the belt would kind of loop around the midriff. Uh, if it's a dog, I'm the latter. If it's a centaur, I'm the <laughs> former. Sure. It okay. just makes sense. If it's a human with two arms and then four legs, right. isn't that what a centaur yeah, is? A yeah, a centaur is not really half limbs. and half. Yeah, so it, but that sort of more defines what's arms versus legs. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you've got the two, you got six limbs. Two of those are arms. I think all four should be in pants if you're a centaur. Yep, I agree that a centaur yep. should wear pants out in public. They should wear pants. Glad we can all finally agree on I've this. All, I've always said that. <laughs> yeah. I've always said that. Um, yeah, so it's I'm doing some some research here, and and uh, the pig cocks are up to a foot and a half long. <laughs> They're huge. These things. So we and should they, really be. Oh, that is much bigger than I was working expecting. on getting that technology and the twirliness across to humans. If anything, yes. the twirliness, I think, would... Yeah. Let me see. Oh, and you... It does look festive. Hmm. A lot of fun. Uh, uh, okay. And also, this is not science, but I'm going to put this article in here uh, for you guys to check out. There's been a mutant pig born that, uh, that has a penis on... Uh, it has a human head. With a penis on it. <laughs> okay. Wait, what? Just give it a click. Check out this, check out this uh, crazy looking pig. Daily what, Star. Daily Star. Oh, gosh. Is that a real thing? That is okay. uh, one of our... Uh, Daily Star. What about lower quality newspapers in this country? Sure. So it's... Uh, it does It does print real it does, news it's as not well. Fake, but it's a, not like the National Enquirer fake news, but it's uh, very um, all caps. As you can see in the headline, there's three all caps words. <laughs> Mutants. No, it's just... Pig it's just this insane looking. It's just this insane looking that was born. <laughs> but also the caption. You're, you're right about the all caps. The caption also looks like it was written by Trump because it's all caps. Sad. Yeah, colon. Yeah, this yeah. mutated piglet was born with a penis on yeah. head and a human-like face. Yeah, written by Donald Donald Trump. It sounds so yeah, emotional, sad. doesn't it? That headline. It's like they're really upset. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, that I'm is regular this. again. Oh, and then the next one, <laughs> the next the next picture is captioned "Weird colon <laughs> locals flock from far and wide to see the pigment." Yeah. <laughs> Tragically, the animal did not survive, yeah. possibly due to its rare mutation, passed away shortly after being oh. born. It is a shame it died. Towel continued. It, it does. The face uh, looks a bit human. It also looks a bit like a Smurf. Yeah, yeah, or a Snork. Yeah, there aren't many humans. The that have look like the dicks this. on their heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but but I, I tell you, if that uh, if that pig was able to live and grow up, it'd probably have some erectile issues. Probably. Sure. Let's get back to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you a little something about how well these the, well no, the mammalian m- mammalian erectile tissues are scaffolded uh, by and and you know pig is a mammal as as are humans of course uh, they're scaffolded mm-hmm. by by wavy collagen fibers with a little bit of elastin stacked parallel to each other uh, called this does sound like a shampoo advert, it's well it's it? called tunica <laughs> yeah. albuginae albuginae or that's t a is what what it's called when the spongy tissues swell with blood these fibers allow for extra room while still holding everything together by straightening out 
As the TA fibers reach their full length and then stretch, they also create firmness, acting as a hydrostatic skeleton that controls and limits the shape change and resists external deformation. So these researchers uh, have noticed all these pigs got, got limp cocks, and they constructed a synthetic mimic of these fibers by testing different compositions on a balloon model. Um, they found stretching isotropic polyvinyl alcohol gel and adding crosslinks to keep the resulting fibers in a parallel alignment produce the same directional expansion and stretch as a normal uh, boner, which creates the soft to firm transition seen in the erectile tissue as a whole. So uh, they called their bionic creation an artificial tunica albuginae, or ATA. It can undergo cyclic bursts of relaxing and stretching while resisting fatigue, maintaining toughness, and withstanding needle punctures during suturing. So it can get into some pretty freaky shit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> you can put cigarettes out on it. Doesn't even doesn't even scream. You're doing the circus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, then they tested their synthetic tissue in pigs with cock injuries. The results one month after the procedure showed that the ATA group achieved good, though not perfect, repair results. So it can't fully restore the complete intricate structure of a natural cock, as it did not <laughs> replace the function of the other tissues also involved, like blood vessels. But it was still able to repair normal erectile function in the pigs after a saline injection, as demonstrated in this video, which I will now click. <laughs> um, wow. So uh, this is very interesting. So what uh, what what do we think this means for the future? You know, I I don't know. Yeah, because I know things. Uh, <laughs> well, normal you know boner boner pills and such. Uh, j sure, th those are more of a the blood vessel issue. Yeah. Yeah, but this is specifically for like injuries, isn't it? This is where the dick actually needs repairing rather than just something is sort of physiologically not quite working or even psychologically not quite working. This is more like... So hypothetically, right, but hypothetically, repaired. when one of these pigs was, let's say, 15, if it had put its cock in a coffee maker as a joke, you know what I mean? What Yeah. What I'm saying is, would this help? Would this help this pig so he wasn't so sad in his mid-30s? Or, or at least wouldn't do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> asking, asking for a pig friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I gotta, if this pig suspected... This hypothetical that that, pig. Yeah, if this hypothetical pig suspected that that incident had caused it problems later in life <laughs> that are embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we're on promising. something. Sounds promising. Get some artificial tunica albuginea. Mm -hmm. Get some ATA. That sounds then, delicious. Yeah. It sounds like something you'd have in a smoothie. Exactly. It's, it's a, a huge it's a boost. <laughs> yes, a yeah. smoothie maker, in fact, involved with a, <laughs> yeah. the accident. And, um, it's a little oof. tribute to that. Yeah. That's how it got <laughs> twisted up in the first there place. There you go. And now it's right? so, that's it. why they're So curly. they say, well, there's still a way to go before such technology can be used by humans. They should say in humans. It's being used by humans. It's being used by humans. Uh, yeah, it's not this, other pigs in lab coats. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we are fixing, fixing their own dicks. Uh, this research increases our understanding of tough yet shape-shifting materials. Um, what's more, she says, she is S-H-I. It's not, it's not a that's what she said. Right, that's what she said. Well, that's, that's what, what she, she said. said. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the researcher whose last name is, is she. Yeah. A homonym. Uh, okay, so homophone, homophone, right? Yes, yeah. homophone. 
so, so this design approach is not limited to the biomimetic design of tunica albuginae tissues, but can be extended to many other load-bearing tissues. Why do they call it that? Uh, <laughs> 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 it's brutal. It's, it's, They're talking about things like oh. tendons and such, but come on, man. Uh, load-bearing. Yeah, it's a lo- <laughs> show you a little bit of load-bearing tissue over here. Uh, hey. <laughs> I got a bit of a... <laughs> Yeah, I got a box of them by my bedside. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, Christina. This is not what the podcast always is. It's just what it usually is. Just what it it frequently is. Load bearing tissues by the bed is very funny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, uh, interesting. All okay. I can think about when you said shape shifting is is like that Terminator guy who could re sort of form and just yes, the mainly D1, around the cock. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. the D one thousand. Yeah. <laughs> We're really working towards this. Yeah. Have you seen this boy? Um and then he... There's a giant dick looking for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like actually a giant yeah. dick. From Sorry. the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't being metaphorical. Yeah. <laughs> but he was also a giant dick. This giant dick from the future. <laughs> also acting like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, yeah, glad glad that uh, if we have any pigs listening of uh, dick injuries, good news so for fun. you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, do you guys want to stick around and do one more quick bonus Let's, let's do it. I think pa- we should. Patreon patrons. I don't remember how long the first part of the recording was, but I think yeah, it was about ten. I think we're I think we're there. Okay, and I I have I have a hard out. I'm sorry, not yeah, not a so, not so a penis dick. Just like, a big yeah, dick make a little, we'll we'll make, make a, a note. note. I'll write a note in here, and we'll go straight into it. So we're at fifty minutes. But but for like Christina, mm. uh, on on that incredibly highbrow, yeah. highfalutin <laughs> note, it's probably about time we wrapped up the main episode. <laughs> we'll do another story for our book, Patreon patrons, but. Where can our listeners find you and, more importantly, order your book? Ah, well, you can find me on Twitter at Christina Martin. I got the original handle, which is why I always get the Woo-hoo! Canadian singer's yes. tweets because <laughs> she had to come in with Xtina. Yeah. Um, so I'm at Christina Martin. I'm also at Evie King Writes um, for my book handle. Um, and you can get my book at all the cliched good bookstores, Amazon, Waterstones, Smiths, um, bookshop.org, everywhere. Just Google Ashes to Admin, Evie King, and you will find it. Get that. We'll put we'll put links up as well in the show notes, you. uh, which you'll find on your app and also at probablyscience.com, where we also put links to all the stories we cover and also our Patreon and PayPal links. Thank you very much for everyone who helps support the show that way and who supports the show by spreading the word. You can also find us on Twitter at Probably Science, individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at Matt Kirshen. And probablyscience at gmail.com is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications, and stories you'd like us to cover. But Christina Martin, a.k.a. Evie King, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, it was fun. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye.